0: Between my legs! Between my legs! Go! The squirrel was like running between the legs and then try and flip the squirrel. Somatic sexologist Morgan Penn is back with Hayley Sproul for a new season of Sex Dot Life. So more and more little pets started appearing. And some horses for the pony play. Sex. Life, a new episode every Wednesday. Listen on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to Wild Secrets. Welcome to Trip Notes, a New Zealand Herald travel podcast helping keep your travel dreams alive. I'm your host, Juliette Sivitson. In this podcast, we've had to adapt a lot to be mindful of the ever-changing COVID-19 situation. But the overall theme is that we want to bring you inspiring travel stories without you needing to go anywhere. In this episode, you'll not only hear a reading of one of our best-loved published travel articles, but we've also got a bonus interview with the writer, This week, we're taking you to Sri Lanka, the article Revolutionary Roads, where our very own travel editor Stephanie Holmes decided to tour the country on two wheels to take in Sri Lanka's smaller details to find a true sense of place. After the story you're about to hear, I chat to Stephanie to find out what she wanted to portray in her article how she feels about Sri Lanka now in light of world events, and a few little behind-the-scenes tidbits. The article was published in April 2019. Sit back in your armchair, relax, and let's escape to Sri Lanka. On a clear day, you can see forever. But today, Lion Rock is hiding its mysterious beauty behind a heavy shroud of mist. From the bottom we can't see the top of this famous Sri Lankan monolith. From the top, it's impossible to see further than the precarious edge lying just past the ancient temple walls. Despite the weather, this former king's palace, built in the 5th century on top of the 200-metre-tall rock in central Sri Lanka, is mind-blowing. Tourists usually flock here pouring off tour buses and stretching cramped limbs ready to climb the 1,200 steps to the summit. Our group is already warmed up and ready to go because our journey to Lion Rock started with a 15km bike ride from our hotel. It's day 6 of a 14-day Intrepid Travel Cycle Sri Lankan holiday and our group has quickly realised this is the best way to see this diverse country. Our itinerary takes us from a beachside town up to the ancient UNESCO World Heritage sites, down through national parks full of elephants and leopards, rest days at popular south coast beaches, ending in the compact yet chaotic capital city of Colombo. A team of local guides helps keep us on track, a main tour leader, a cycle guide, and two drivers looking after our support vehicles. Behind the scenes, they're like Cinderella's magical footman. When we have done cycling for the day and putting our feet up with a cold bear, they're cleaning and servicing our bikes, confirming our accommodation, booking meals and excursions, and generally making sure everything runs smoothly. Some of the roads we ride are chaotic. Buses and trucks and tuk-tuks and mopeds all jostling for space. Police officers in military-like uniforms sharply blowing their whistles to let people cross the road. But, unlike Auckland, the drivers are forgiving of cyclists, allowing our guides to stop traffic so we can zip through intersections and continue our journey unscathed. Here, you're just as likely to have to swerve to avoid a scurrying mongoose, a cow, lizard or even an elephant as you are a car. Mangy dogs are everywhere, with uniform sandy fur and constant scratching. Sometimes they bark and give chase, but mostly they lie lazily on the warm tarmac, barely twitching in air as we cycle by. On the country roads, where we whiz through jungle, rice paddies and tea plantations, we're greeted warmly by everyone we pass. Sri Lankans seem to be unendingly welcome to tourists, offering a range of shy smiles, handshakes and curious stares. With the common question of, how do you like Sri Lanka? The answer is easy. I love it, from the minute I arrive to the moment I reluctantly step on the plane to head home. Our group is a mixed bunch. The youngest, a 24-year-old vibrant Australian. The oldest, a 70-something fun-loving American. A good balance of couples, singles and friends travelling in pairs. Some are experienced cyclists who've enjoyed previous group holidays around the world. Others, like me, are first-timers. I quickly become a convert. Seeing the country by bike gives more of a sense of place than you get on a tour bus. Instead of being one step removed, a pane of glass separating you from the outside world, you're able to hear the sounds and inhale the smells that bring a place to life. My memories of Sri Lanka will always be tinged with the scent of spices and sandalwood incense and fresh magnolia blossoms, the sound of temple bells and prayers carried on the breeze. Cycling also allows you to notice smaller details you might miss from the comfort of an air conditioned coach. On our early morning ride to Lion Rock, we pass a Buddhist monk at the side of the road, a family praying at his feet their hands lightly touching his burgundy robes. As I pass on my bike, I turn back for another glance and catch one of the little boys peering around the monk's feet, a cheeky smile on his face while he gives me a surreptitious wave. We encounter children all the time, families outside their homes to give curious glances at this bunch of sweaty tourists puffing their way up hills, School children rush from their classrooms, waving frantically and shouting bye at the top of their voices. That's another sound that will always come to mind when I think of Sri Lanka. A joyous bye from the school full of kids. We don't get the same reception when we pass in our minibus and I know I'll be disappointed when I'm riding my bike back home with no children giving me an urgent grinning greeting. Tourism is starting to boom for Sri Lanka. The civil war years, where the Tamil Tigers fought the Sri Lankan army, kept the visitors away. But since the end of the war in 2009, they're coming back in record numbers. In 2018, digital analysis company Global Data named Sri Lanka the fourth fastest growing tourism market in the world, after Iceland, Japan and Hungary, with Chile completing the top five. Lonely Planet named it their top destination for 2019. And Instagram posts showing the beauty of its many regions are attracting more and more intrigued travellers. Our itinerary often keeps us away from the tourist trail. In fact, we spend so much time riding through back roads and off-the-beaten-track villages that it comes as a shock when we do encounter other tourists. It feels like someone has shared our secret without our permission. How did these other visitors find out about the country we've discovered and taken so fully into our hearts? Pleasingly, there are still places where tourists seem to be a novelty. In Hatton, a ramshackle town in the tea plantations of the central province, we're still dripping with sweat after a gruelling kilometer uphill ride as we check into our hotel. But that doesn't stop a huge wedding party resplendent in colourful saris and sharp suits crowding around us to take photos, plonking their bemused children on our laps while they snap away like celebrity-hungry paparazzi. It's around Hatton that we experience some of the best cycling the tour has to offer. We take a powder blue train that makes light work of the steep climb higher and higher into the hills. The scenery gets better with every bend. And soon we can't resist joining the locals and hanging out of the open doorways. It's precarious but worth it to get a shot of the train snaking its way around the hills the lush green tea fields in the background. Thanks to our support crew, our bikes are waiting for us at the station when we arrive. We weave our way through the busy town centre, bustling with colour and noise on a Saturday morning. Soon we're in the plantations, making our way downhill on bumpy roads, following the path of a milky blue lake. The views are stunning, and the ride takes double the time it normally would as we stop often to take photos. There are crowds of people at regular intervals, families and children who give the ubiquitous bye greeting and it seems they have been waiting to cheer us on our way. At the first rest stop, where we scoff sugary bananas and biscuits, we realise this time the crowds aren't there for us but for a girls school five kilometre race. The front runner zooms past us, taking the hills and potholed ground in her barefoot stride. A blue shack by the side of the road is too photogenic to resist. It looks out over the tea fields with a colourful umbrella shading two plastic chairs. As I pull out my camera, two girls appear and smile shyly. We buy freshly made snacks from their mother inside the stall. Four spiced savoury donuts for 30 rupee or 25 cents. The road is dotted with stalls selling piles of fresh pineapples Dried chilies, bright orange king coconuts, Hindu temples the colour of slate, rogue puppies, laundry laid out to dry on bushes, and the ever-present greetings of the children watching us go by. We pass women picking tea leaves in their beautiful bright saris, and at times the scent of fresh tea overpowers the air. The sensory feast helps distract us from the steady uphill cycling, And the prospect of an actual feast at the end of the ride helps spur on my burning muscles. The exertion of the cycling helps to balance out another of Sri Lanka's main attractions. It's food. If it wasn't for the multiple kilometres cycled each day, I know I'd be going home with multiple new kilograms. Each day, a new variation on a Sri Lankan staple, rice and curry, eaten by locals mainly for lunch but available for breakfast and dinner too. Delicately spiced fish or meat curries come with perfectly cooked rice as well as side dishes of dal, alu gobi, coconut sambal, dried fish, eggplant, beetroot, roti and papadams. For dessert, a simple pot of natural yogurt to take away the chilli sting. The prices astound me every time. Away from the tourist traps, you can often get a huge rice and curry meal for less than 500 rupees or $4 and sometimes even cheaper than that. Liquid refreshment comes in the form of a local lion bear, a basic yet refreshing lager served in 625ml bottles, usually for around 300 to 400 rupee. I'm not sure there's ever been a more satisfying beer than a lion at the end of a 72km cycling day. Sometimes the downhills are as taxing as the up. After completing our steepest climbs, "'Sections of tea plantation countryside "'where we face 15 and 22 percent inclines. "'The bumpy descent wreaks havoc on my wrists. "'My hands go numb with pins and needles, "'causing me to fear I'll lose my grip "'and fly over the handlebars. "'But the scenery is enough of a distraction "'to put me at ease. "'We descend through a mist of cloud "'to emerge in a stunningly beautiful forest "'of towering eucalyptus trees. "'I find myself alone on a stretch of road.' The pack leaders racing ahead, the slower riders falling behind. No sound other than bird song and the whir of my bike chain as my pedals revolve. Eucalyptus leaves fall slowly from the trees like confetti fired from a cannon at the end of a concert. I take it as my own personal ticker parade. A celebration of a most rewarding holiday in a country where I'll leave a piece of my heart. That was Revolutionary Roads, written by Herald travel editor Stephanie Holmes, who now joins me for a chat via our new favourite piece of technology, of course, Zoom. When you were writing this article, what was the feeling that you wanted to be able to portray? What was the atmosphere that you wanted to be able to try and get readers to understand? I think the main thing
1: for me was just how much I loved Sri Lanka as a place and the people and just it was just one of my all-time favorite trips and you know I've, I've done quite a few over the years I've been very lucky and um, yeah it was um, just such an incredible experience and way way beyond what I'd imagined and I, I always knew it was going to be a great uh, trip but I it, it just blew me away it really did um, for a number of reasons just the diversity of the things you can see and do in Sri Lanka you know you can lays on a beach or you can go to a national park and see elephants and leopards or you can go up into the tea plantations in the high country um, you can see ancient temples it's just it's a, yeah an amazing place and I think the other thing was also the joy that I found in doing um, a cycling holiday I'd never done one before and it, I think it was a bit of a uh Midlife crisis kind of situation because um, I was turning forty and I, I w- decided I wanted to do something a bit different for my fortieth birthday and maybe prove to myself that I was still alive and that the old body was still working. So I chose to do a cycling holiday and it was definitely a challenge, um, but I I just loved it and I've discovered that it's you know an incredible way to travel and an amazing way to see. A country you know you get such a sense of a place and you feel like you're really um, immersed in it much more than I think you do if you're traveling by public transport or um, you know on a on a guided tour on a bus you know getting out on a bike is just such an incredible way to see a place I think
0: and because you cycle yourself, so it probably wasn't too much of a challenge or was it?
1: Well, no, see, I've I've really start started cycling after I went on this trip. So um, I wasn't doing any at all before we went. So I, I was living in an apartment in the centre of Auckland and was only about 10 minutes walk from work. So I never used to ride a bike. And so I, I picked this holiday and then had to do quite a bit of training um, before it because... There are quite a lot of hills in Sri Lanka, and I, I, I didn't know that, but I don't think I knew quite how many or how steep <laughs> they would be. So it was definitely a challenge, but, yeah, I, yeah, it was so great. And since then I've now become a regular cycler and I've, I've moved out of the city a bit and I commute to work on my bike now. So, um, yeah, it, it kind of sparked a new um, fitness um, routine for me.
0: Who would have thought? Yeah, I've- I know. Was there anything in particular that surprised you or that you just didn't expect when you were over there?
1: Probably the history and how rich the history and culture is. I, I had a bit of a sense of it before I went, but yeah, once I was there, just the, the temples that we went to and some were kind of temple ruins, but they date back thousands of years. Um, and I don't think I can really... Thought too much about that. I, you know, I knew we'd be going to temples on the itinerary, but um, I, I didn't realise how wonderful they'd be, and you know how rich the culture was there. So that was definitely something that really uh, surprised and intrigued me while we were there, and I really enjoyed seeing those bits of the country. So, yeah, I think I think that's probably the main thing, and also the people were just so friendly and welcoming and not in a way it didn't feel forced you know you go to some places that are popular with tourists and you know they've been welcoming tourists for so many years that you can sometimes feel a little bit like it's a little bit fake the welcome might be because they know you're a tourist and you're going to spend money but in Sri Lanka it really didn't feel like that it just felt so genuine and people quite often people would say, oh, thank you for visiting or, you know, they'd, they'd ask where we were from and they'd just be so interested in where we're from and why we wanted to come to Sri Lanka. They would always ask, what do you think of Sri Lanka? Which I think for you know, someone who lives in New Zealand, that's something that we as New Zealanders do when people come to visit us in New Zealand. It's always, oh, what, what do you think of our country? And so that was, that was kind of comforting and familiar and just really, a really beautiful side of the Sri Lankan people.
0: So shortly after this article was published and it was in April last year there were the Easter bombings that must have been absolutely heartbreaking
1: it really was because i and it felt quite personal which is a stupid thing to say because you know i'm not from sri lanka i don't have any sri lankan family or or friends really other than you know the people the guides that we met while we were there but it just felt really personal because i had just absolutely fallen in love with this country and it was there was such a positivity there, you know, tourism was really taking off. The country was on so many lists of the best places to visit. Um, And yeah, I I was seeing it all over my Instagram feed, you know, and so many people I talked to were dying to go there. And once I'd been there, I just couldn't recommend it enough for people to visit. And then all of a sudden these uh, bombings happened and, you know, obviously, there were so many deaths, you know, 269 people died, which is absolutely terrible. And then beyond that, just the impact that it would have on the country, people just stopped traveling there in, almost instantly because they were, you know, understandably um, worried about the the threats um, to safety. So, yeah, it was really hard to see because when you've fallen in love with a place, you want other people to, to experience it for themselves. Yeah, and then I think things were kind of starting to, pick back up again towards the end of last year people were realizing that you know they could go back and and it was starting to be on those lists again of places to travel and now obviously international travel has grounded again so it's really sad it's um i really hope that things change soon and people can get back there because it is such a wonderful place to visit
0: And with all that in mind, when you read back over what you wrote and think about your experience, what kind of memories or feelings are evoked?
1: I really do think it's one of the most incredible places I've been, and that's a big call I know. And I know there's still so many places I'm yet to go to, so you know this might change as I go. But it was just a wonderful holiday for so you know so many reasons, so many things combined to make it a great trip. Um, I was traveling with my boyfriend and it was the first time we'd done a big um, holiday together. So that was really great. Normally I'm traveling by myself for work. So it was great to share the experience with him. Um, We met some great people on the group um, that we were with from all kinds of different backgrounds. Um, And so that was really good to meet new people and connect with them. And then obviously the Sri Lankan people that we met and just really getting to... Uh, Embrace being in that wonderful country. Um, The food was so incredible. I ate so much. So it was lucky I was on my bike because otherwise I would, yeah, there would have been a lot of extra kilos and they wouldn't have been in my luggage. But I think the, I think it was the freedom as well, like a cycling holiday. There's a real sense of freedom because you're not confined to a bus or a train for long hours, um, or a car for long hours. You know, you're you're out there and you're you're being active while you see while you're sightseeing, um, and I really just loved that and the the challenge and the sense of achievement. So, yeah, I mentioned the hills. You know, some some days it was it just seemed like we were constantly going uphill. It was like it never ended, and then finally you'd get to the top, and then just the freedom of freewheeling down that really steep hill was just so so wonderful um so yeah I've got so many fond memories um it's yeah it's a a trip I look back on with really really great memories
0: one of the things you mentioned in the article you talked about your memories being tinged with you know the scent of the spices and the incense the magnolia blossoms the power of fragrance I guess, and and those sorts of sensory experiences can be so great. Have you had any experiences in New Zealand where you've suddenly smelt something or tasted something and you've just been transported back to Sri Lanka? Yeah, I guess, you know, incense
1: will make me think of temples that we visited. There's a real kind of musky incense smell that reminds me of a a couple of places that we went. Um, One of the places we went was we ended up in this, incredible forest like we we'd been doing uphills, uphills for so long, um kind of through villages and um dusty roads. And then when we'd started doing the downhill and all of a sudden we were just in this forest of towering eucalyptus trees and it was quite misty because we were really the out we were really high altitude, um kind of above the clouds almost and it, so it was really misty and a bit eerie, I suppose, but the smell of there like the kind of damp, fresh eucalyptus smell. That was, um, that was a real sense memory for me. And yeah, now sometimes when I'm riding my bike, um, there's, a, there's a similar smell around on one of the routes that I do into work. I think it's, not sure if it's eucalyptus, but there's pine trees and just, yeah, on a rainy day, there's a smell that really reminds me of, of that moment and
0: takes me right back. That's cool though. It's nice that we can be reminded of these little experiences in our, in yeah. our, everyday, in our everyday life. That's right.
1: And yeah, I like, I think again, you know, if I'm going up a steep hill, <laughs> there, there's a, a couple on my way to work and going up that steep hill and you know, you're puffing and it feels like it's never going to end. And then when you get to the top and head down again, that feeling of freedom, that's really just, yeah, such a rewarding feeling that, um, that takes me right back to that trip.
0: It makes it all worth it in the end.
1: <laughs> that's right. Uh, unfortunately, you don't get to end with the massive rice and curry buffet, fish curry, uh, you know, on the beach with a giant beer. Quite the same when you're on your way to work. but
0: um, Quite the same, but, you know, you can just imagine it. That's fine. <laughs> thank you so much for sharing more about your insights into sri lanka and this kind of behind the scenes approach because i think it's really fascinating to understand a little bit more about um, the articles that we read Uh, so i hope both of us can obviously have the benefit of being able to get to sri lanka at some time in the not distant future it'll be a little wee while away
1: yeah, I, I I really hope that day comes, you know, not too far away. And um, if anyone ever wants to know anything about Sri Lanka, they, they should email me and um, I can give them plenty of good tips or um, find me on Twitter. I'm always happy to talk about Sri Lanka. So, um, yeah, just hit me up.
0: You've been listening to Trip Notes, a New Zealand Herald travel podcast, helping keep your travel dreams alive. If you liked this podcast, don't forget to subscribe, give us a rating and a review as that all helps others find us. And you can follow us on social media at NZH Travel on Instagram and Facebook and read all our latest travel articles online, stories and advice from previous trips and some armchair travel. All this and more at nzherald.co.nz forward slash travel.